Have you ever found yourself uncomfortable or anxious with a client? Maybe scared during a late night appointment or mobile massage? One of the hardest things in our field is the sexual stigma often associated with massage. Hearing things like massage parlor, happy endings, and masseuse really get me going. But the truth is there are people actively searching for these things. And we as massage therapists need to be aware of this reality and take steps to protect ourselves. Which is why I've brought Kristen Bantle, a former police officer and safety empowerment expert on the podcast today. Kristen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. This is so fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Hey, Becca, you want to start a podcast? Mm-hmm. Align with the Massage Business Mama is the product of two massage school besties deciding to take a leap and try something new. It's morphed, it's shifted, it's grown. But at the core, it's Allie, a massage business coach, and her occasional sidekick, Becca, two therapists committed to elevating the field. So Kristen and I, we first met when my elderly neighbor was having a conflict with my other neighbor. And I took her down to the police station to report the incident. And Kristen was the, the reporting officer. And Kristen, you go f- so far as to talking about her situation as if it was a stalking situation, correct? Oh, it absolutely was. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and un- if there's one unwanted contact, the second one is a stalking event. Okay. So if, if you tell somebody, stop calling me, I don't want you to have any contact with me, and they do, that's stalking. Okay. To me, that seems like really bold terminology, but, um, you know, it's interesting to give it that power and to, to acknowledge it in that way. Right. And then if there's a third event, so say if your friend, uh, I did make a note of it in the lien system and law enforcement got involved, it trumps it up to a felony stalking. Okay. It so, just means more jail time. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how Kristen and I met. I was bringing my neighbor in to help with the stalking situation with our other neighbor. And ultimately, we, we became friends. Yeah. Yeah. And so years later, I had a few incidences in my massage practice where we just had some un- unsettling requests and some situations where some of my younger therapists who work for me they were uncomfortable with things that had happened. And I'd love to get into that story a little bit later. But um, ultimately, what happened was Kristen and I kind of band together to create some uh, self-defense workshops to put on for my massage staff. And that was really empowering for all of my massage staff and just such an important thing to be doing, I felt like. So Kristen, before we get into too much about our subject matter... Can you just share a little bit with our audience who you are, what your background is, and how you've become an empowerment expert? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, So I was a social worker for years, uh, really enjoying the work. Um, I was a forensic interviewer for uh, sexual assault victims in three counties in Michigan. And I was um, able to get a grant to, uh, through Val Victims Against Violence Act, And what happened was I got the money to go into police departments and train officers on responding, but also how to document. And what I found was we need more women in law enforcement. I went back to the police academy and started carrying a gun and was hired within uh, days of graduation. 
and started working on the poorest capital per county in Michigan. And I really think it was a, a great training ground, but also very naive of me to see what I was seeing and not recognizing it for what it was. Mm. Um, in the sense that, like, now looking back at my career in law enforcement, there were so many red flags about some of the problems within. But problems within the police department. Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of a whole other subject. But I kept going with um, law enforcement, and I became, um, you know, I did, like, hostage negotiations, and I did... Uh, undercover work and I got promoted to sergeant and um, I really liked it. I have a question for you. When you were a social worker and you saw this need for women to be in law enforcement, what was that need that you saw specifically? Um, Specifically going to domestic violence cases. Law enforcement is trained. It's the highest rate of violence towards officers. They're very dangerous situations. Um, you go in, you separate the parties, but oftentimes I would see that the males would kind of uh, corroborate stories and the men weren't listening to what the women were doing, uh, weren't seeing what was happening. And it was kind of, um, he said, she said. And when we look at the law, and specifically, it's not up to women to press the charges. The cops are supposed to come in and seize evidence. It, are there marks on the law? Is there a size difference? Is there a weight difference? Are there children? Are there independent witnesses to, to talk to? And my experience was that the guys didn't want to do that. They didn't. Want the police, to do that. the the men police officers, did not want to do that. Right. Yeah. And so um, when I started coming in, and not just coming as an officer, but as training for cops, uh, I started to get more credibility, and the cops were agreeing that women were being harmed, and that this wasn't the um, the best way to go about how to protect the community. But at the same time, I had a DA, a prosecutor, that was incredibly helpful and really was an advocate for getting these cops trained. And uh, that was really, I don't know, a a really powerful moment and why I continued to doing the work and working with the domestic violence shelters, uh, both in Michigan and here, and doing the trainings. And um, when we look at domestic violence as the number one cause of injury to women, um, it's an ongoing issue. Yeah. So really, that's where your heart lies, Yes, is helping women empower themselves. Yeah. Because we can't wait for somebody else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to come in and help. Right. It's been my experience. Yeah. One thing that is interesting that you and I have talked about before that I would love for you to go into a little bit is the inmate interviews that you've yeah, done. Fascinating. So I was trained as a sharps instructor, which is a sex- sexual harassment rape prevention um, source, I think. And, um, as an officer, we met with inmates and watched inmate interviews talking specifically about the perfect victim. And, um, it was range of, uh, they were all incarcerated and they were in prison and it ranged from, um, sexual predators of children to rapists of, um, all sorts of categories of women. Um, but it was all women and the children, I'm not saying that the children were all girls, but uh, some of them were boys, I think. But the majority of them said that a perfect victim was somebody that was isolated. They would talk about um, hunting grounds, maybe go to church, maybe go to schools, and they would find a, a child that was kind of isolated, that was not part of the pack, that did not look very assertive. Um, and then we to ask them about, uh, what about their older victims, women? 
and it was the same. They, they do want somebody that was aggressive or assertive that would talk back. They want somebody very meek, demure, uh, tiny, didn't want to make eye contact, very soft-spoken. And they talked about that was um, a successful victim because they wouldn't fight back. They wouldn't talk back. They didn't think they would get reported. Um, oftentimes, they didn't think that they would be seen because they didn't want to make eye contact with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that walk away from me was so powerful because a lot of women, if they're approached, they kind of turn away, whereas we should turn back and make sure that they know that we can identify them. Yeah. Whether it's in, something's going to happen or not, make that eye contact because it shows confidence. Yeah. That's interesting that 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 one switch could make such a difference in whether or not you're targeted. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about sharing this type of topic is that I feel like so many times in massage school, the schools don't prepare us for these sexual advances that we often encounter when we're out in the line of field. And we, we aren't equipped with the tools and techniques to know how to handle it effectively Don't and properly talk about the dark part of the profession. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like in my school, it, it was often like, yes, men have erections and that's natural and we don't want to shame them for having an erection. And that was more always emphasized than the other side of it where like there's times when we need to be assertive and, and be able to get out of the situation and say something and speak up because it's not, it goes beyond just the natural erection. There's something more intended. Sure. Sure. And to be able to recognize those behaviors is important. Yep. So I just wanted to share um, my little story um, about when I was in a situation that was really uncomfortable and uh, potentially very dangerous and how I handled it and how I wished I would have handled it and how maybe I would have handled it after I had gone through the workshop that Kristen and I used to put on for my staff and now we're bringing to the online space and bringing to therapists like you. Um, so when I was about a year out of massage school, I was called for a mobile massage, which in the town that we live in is not that uncommon. There's a lot of, it was during ski season and there's a lot of skiers that like to have massage in their condos and, um, hotel rooms. And so I, I was very accustomed and very used to schlepping my table to all of these different places. On this particular night, when I got this phone call, I was literally just about to walk out the door to meet some friends at a bar. And I was looking good. <laughs> I was wearing a little bit of a low cut shirt and my makeup was all done up and my hair was all done up. And, and I had this moment where I was like, well, I definitely, I was hustling. So I definitely wanted to go and make the money. But I had this moment of like, do I change or do I just keep this low cut shirt on and go to this massage? And I chose in that moment to wear the shirt. I I chose, I was like, I'm, I don't want to change. I don't want to, I don't want to take the time. In retrospect, would it have taken that long to change my shirt and change it back afterwards? No, but but in the moment, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll just wear my low-cut shirt and it'll be fine. He's, he sounded harmless on the phone. So I got to his hotel room and uh, his condo. He was in a condo. I got to his condo and he asked me to make sure that I saved plenty of time for his quads, which also wasn't that unusual of a request. It's a ski, ski town. town. Yeah, we, we ski and we use our quads pretty hard. 
So I didn't think too much of it. But then as the massage continued, I just started to get these kind of eerie feelings, these unsettling vibes. And it it just it, it felt like it went from okay to not great. And then he started asking me, do you do anything more relaxing than just the type of massage that I was doing? And I kind of mumbled, no, this, I, I knew at that point, like that he was hinting to get a happy ending. Did he have an erection at that point? He, at that point, he did not have an erection. So I kind of mumbled like, no, this is as relaxing as it gets, you know, like not very confidently, not very assertive. You can see in your body language. Yeah. Kristen's <laughs> watching me. I'm like telling the story and I'm like shrinking, shrinking. into my seat. <laughs> Because I still feel shame around that, that I wasn't like, no, this is as relaxing as it gets. You want something else? Like, get off my table, you know, or whatever we say. Um, So he asked me that. I say no. Then he gets an erection. I don't think he had an erection. You asked me if he had an erection before. I don't think he, I think he got an erection after that. Um, And then he started helping himself. Maybe he had an erection. Maybe he did have an erection when he asked me. think about like you were getting clues that things weren't kosher yeah like what did that what was it that made you feel that way there there was something um well I think he just started asking me like a lot of personal questions about like who I was meeting at the bar and what we were doing personal boundaries being crossed mm -hmm. yeah yeah and now that I I think about it more clearly he might have had an erection at that point too when he asked me for more relaxing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I think in my mind, like, thinking back at that time, I thought he was, like, picturing or trying to fill you out where mm-hmm. he could go with this. Yeah. Like, testing me a little testing. bit. Yep. Yeah. So then he started helping himself. He started jacking off on my table. And I couldn't see anything. Like, he was under the sheet. But I was just, I was kind of floored and almost paralyzed and didn't really know how to handle it. And so I mumbled something and told him I was going to the bathroom and that I was going to wash up and that I'd be out in a minute. And when I came out, he paid me and he actually tipped me and he even apologized. He said, you know, there's places that do this. And, and, um, you know, I thought maybe you might be one of them. So that whole experience for me, it was like one, definitely, in terms of what I was wearing, that was a big thing for me. Like now I wear scrub tops when I do massage a hundred percent of the time. Professionally dressed. Yep. I mean, it's, it's a standard, no matter what the field There's professionally dressed. When you go to court, when you go to the office, when you go to massage. Yep. Yep. And so that was an easy change for me. Um, but the other pieces weren't, weren't so clear the changes that needed to be made. Um, and so that's where I think, you know, this work that, that you've done and you continue to do is so helpful because we get so into, you do well, we get into like trusting those intuitions, yes. trusting, trusting that those spidey senses are true and real and, and they're activated for a reason. Yeah. So what else would I have done differently? I probably wouldn't have shared the personal information with him about you know, what I was doing with my friends. And I would have said, oh, well, you know, I don't really like to share yeah. my personal life with my clients. It's not your business. I mean, you say it in a nice way. But yeah. 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 But it's not like you want his business again anyway. So it wasn't about hurting feelings. Looking back. Right. Looking back, he was a tourist. It was the one and only time I was going to see him. Yeah. 
it didn't it didn't matter if I hurt his feelings. Exactly. Yeah. And I could have been assertive right away when he said, you know, do you do any more relaxing massage? I could have said, I'm a therapeutic massage therapist. And that's it. Period. Period. Massage is over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like you did end it. I did end it. But I think for it to have gotten to the point where, and it's been a number of years now, so my memory is a little fuzzy on the exact yeah, but timing. It stuck with you. It stuck with me for sure, but like the timing of it all, like I'm not sure how long from the time he got an erection to him actually helping himself to like, how long was I standing there with him helping himself? Like, I don't think it was very long, but that timeline is a little fuzzy for me. Right. When you talk about being kind of frozen, that's totally natural. Yes, 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 absolutely. It's I was like frozen. a healing, oh, not a healing, but um, an automatic response to how we're going to process this. I yeah. mean, the run, hide, fight, um, the, the stop, the relax, the freezing. It's kind of like the body's processing what's happening. Yep. So I think this situation can teach us a lot when we pick it apart with someone. Yes. Like Kristen and I are doing right now. When we talk it through with other people who've been in maybe similar or completely different situations, just having that outside perspective, I think, can be really helpful. And to talk and process it so that people, we can learn from what other people have done. So yeah, hopefully we learn from each other. So that's one of the things that we offer inside the workshop, some scenarios and role playing exercises where we, we pick through and maybe, you know, pick through situations that you all have been in, like myself, with this situation what where we can... do. We can, can pick we, we can pick apart real life situations that you've been through. So the reason the reason I'd love to get into a little bit the reason why I brought you in for the workshops with my the in person workshops with my staff, and that was because at that time there was an illicit massage practice in our town. Mm-hmm. Do yes. you remember that? Yes, I do. So it was really interesting because during that time period, we started getting all of these requests for. Happy endings. From clients. From clients. And... Locals? Mm, I think it was a, a little bit of a mix. Um, but definitely the rumors going throughout the town. And there were rumors and, and it was like... It was like... People were hearing that there was some place in town that was offering illicit massage. They didn't know who it was. And so they were kind of testing the waters on all the different places. And yeah, I had a couple like 20 something year old girls that were working for me that were super sweet, but like soft spoken and kind of fit that description, like you're saying, where they were like, maybe a little meeker and not as assertive and maybe not as confident as massage therapists because they hadn't been practicing that long. Right. And if the guy coming in there is very experienced. Sure. That's what he wants. Yep. Sure. So, um, so through that situation, it was really interesting because I was put in touch with a detective in Colorado Springs. And it should be noted, you went outside to look for help with law enforcement. I, I did. I did. Um, and part of the reason that I did that was because I had a connection with a couple down in Colorado Springs who ran a organization that... It was a missions organization that helped support women who were in human trafficking situations. And they weren't 
their mission wasn't to help these women get out of the human trafficking situations. It was just to like nurture them and, and be there for them in that role. Um, and so I knew that I knew this couple personally. And so they recommended that I connect with this, this um, detective in Colorado Springs because he was like on a very high level working with big sex trafficking rings human trafficking human trafficking and it should be noted a lot of times those involved sex trafficking and unwanted massage and these girls are kind of trapped into this whole not by choice right right and so they my friends um family friends they suggested i reach out to him and it was really interesting when i reached out to him because his number one piece of advice was to not go to local law enforcement which was so to me at that time really counterintuitive the first thing I wanted to do was like call the police and have them bust up this ring and right. like get this out of my town. But what he, it all of us not look good. it made all of us like not, not, not look good. And it put, it put You're all of us in, in danger. And, yeah. you know, especially my cute little 20 year old girls that were working for me. Like I had this mother hen role towards them where it was like, I just, I didn't want anything bad to happen to them. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Totally. Yeah. But that was his number one advice. Don't reach out to the the local law enforcement because apparently what happens a lot of times is there's these long ongoing investigations to try to find like the kingpin and local law enforcement will just go and bust up an organization and compromise like a year long investigation that's been going on. Um, And then these girls might get deported or whatever, and then a new organization pops up somewhere else. And they've, like, oftentimes had underground police officers going in and, and you know, they're aware of it, but they're trying to get to, like, right, the so root the cause of it. business shop will shut down, but it moves somewhere else, so the right. root cause isn't. Right. And so they've, and they've, they've compromised, like, an, an ongoing investigation. Um, so his recommendation was to contact the human trafficking hotline, do you have that number? Um, yes. Um, it is 1-888-373-7888. And um, that's the National Human Trafficking Hotline. It's, it's really interesting as I dug into this. There are more illicit massage practices in our country than there are Starbucks. Which to me was like a staggering statistic. But it again, it, it puts all of us at risk. In preparation for this, I went online and I Googled how to ask for happy ending. Oh. Um, so I just thought it would be kind of fun to read. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun to read some of these quotes that I found. So uh, one one person says, I've been going to massage parlors for 20 years, both kinky and legit. I definitely agree when I see interviews with masseuses that say, if you are willing to provide extra services, they will let you know. You could get nude and accidentally touch them if it's a new place to test them. Let's getting back to this testing testing. idea. If they get offended by a light touch or by your nude body, just don't go back. Another one says, look for places with all the windows covered up. They are usually in working class, not upscale parts of town. When you go in, if it looks like a place your mom wouldn't go, they're not fancy. 
it's still hit and miss. One thing I noticed is you either get a good massage or a happy ending, but it's uncommon to get both from the same masseuse. Another one, generally a massage therapist at this type of place where happy endings are given, will ask you at the start, once you're alone with her, door closed and face down, what kind of massage you want, or how you like it, hard or soft. The coded answer to give her is, I like it hard at first when I'm face down and then soft when I turn over. That clearly tells the girl you want a happy ending. All that's left is to enjoy it, but be sure to whisper how you like it when she teases that area, just as a last second signal to confirm what's about to happen. And whatever you do, don't ask for ask her a bunch of questions the first time. Another one, happy endings are everywhere. The best surprise I recall was when the lady offered a full service. Um, and then another one, if the massage place is open after 6 p.m. or on Sundays, it's a happy ending place. This one to me was really funny because when I had my bigger practice, we were open seven days a week, eight to eight. So, you know, and and the upscale one, too. I thought that was an interesting th- thing, too, because, you know, we're not all located in upscale okay. parts of town. That's just not how it is. So um, some of these some of these I thought it was interesting to pull in some of this language from people who are looking for happy endings because it. It shows some ways that maybe we are at risk by innocent enough things like being open on a Sunday, but, you know, just gives us more room to bring in extra precautions. Yeah. Well, one you were reading some of the quotes and one of them said something like, it's obvious what you're looking for. Like, I wouldn't know that. How would you know if it's so obvious? Hard on front, soft on top. Well, and I think for myself, like as a massage therapist, like I don't want to think that someone, I don't want my mind to initially go to, oh, they're trying to get a happy ending. That isn't necessarily where I initially go. So yeah, I wouldn't think that like, no, it's a, it's a full professional massage. Well, and you know, I mean, like I've been a massage therapist for 15 years, like the vast majority of my clients have come to me for therapeutic work. So that's what I'm used to. I'm used to seeing people come in for therapeutic work. Right. Like now, if somebody were to come in that was a new client, would you know right away if if they were looking for more? Or how would, how would you know if a client comes in wanting more? Yeah. I mean, I think there's these clues like asking for quad work or giving too much information or asking too much information. asking too much information i had another client once who um told me about his therapist he was a tourist he told me about his ther- therapist back home who had a clip piercing and like to me that felt like this test yeah this test so i think it's when we see these clues that they're to testing us right. to recognize recognize the the testing moments that are put out there. The testing of the boundaries, the testing of the verbalization, the testing of the physical. I think all of those things are really important to to look for. Yep. To listen for. Yep. To feel for. To feel for. To feel for because we we so often don't trust that intuition piece and and often it is that sixth sense that the gut. that really is the most spot on saves lives saves lives yeah yeah um speaking of saving lives you have a few statistics for us don't you i do 
Um, so 90% of assaults, physical violence or sexual assault occur within a relationship. And that is, um, the domestic laws, domestic violence law states somebody that's an intimate partner. Okay. So it's defined as somebody that has had intercourse or been intimate with somebody. Okay. I wonder, um, I mean, sometimes I think of massage as being intimate, right? You know, like it takes down some of those barriers maybe. I think it is, but it's also very professional. Yeah. If if you're creating that professional container. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I also want to talk about like sexual assault. It's usually, um, and one in five women are victims of sexual assault in the United States. And that's one in three globally. But most of the time, nine out of 10 times, the woman, and I'm going to use woman because it's more likely a woman is being raped by a man than the other way, or mm-hmm. even man on man, but um, nine out of ten women know who the uh, perpetrator is, whether it's a family friend, a neighbor, a client, uh, somebody that didn't take no, um, but it's most likely somebody that she does know. And um, when we look at like cases of what's happened, they use that relationship, the perpetrators use that relationship to cross more and more boundaries, to be able to get to the car, to be able to walk her to her door, to... Um, to use those kind of relationships and um, testing to get further, you know, mm-hmm. much further they can get. Mm-hmm. Which again is why if uh, you suspect something is not right, it's probably not right. Yeah. And to go with that gut. Yeah. And the other thing is that when somebody does attack, what we know is that violence stems for the need to control and dominate another person. Um, comes from all different walks of life, rich, poor, any race. Um, but usually it's it's based on the need to control and use violence against another person. They have a very little empathy, and uh, that's why they don't always take no for an answer. Like, how could you say that to me? Like, start flipping the switch. How dare you talk to me like that? Or making uh, a person feel like they've done something wrong, mm-hmm. which is a common tactic. Um, The other thing that I think is kind of important or relevant is a lot of times if there is an attack or if there's an issue, um, it doesn't get reported. Less than 20% of of rapes get reported to law enforcement. Less than 20%? Less than 20%. Wow. Yeah. And I'm not sure how I feel about that, but one thing I do know is it's really tough to gather critical data that's correct if we don't know. Yeah. Why do you say you don't know how you feel about that? Well, because um, I've had several experiences with law enforcement, both working in uniform and out of uniform, where I felt like specific victims have come in and not been treated well. Yeah. Um, and I've heard officers making jokes. Um, yeah. And I, and I, it not only breaks my heart, it makes me disgusted and yeah. almost embarrassed that I wore a uniform for so long and it continues to happen. And I know from my experience here on the sexual assault response team, that victims were not prioritized. Yeah. And so I almost would suggest not calling um, because of how I've seen people treated. Yeah. Um, although I would say absolutely get help. There are great resources out there, including RAIN, which is R-A-I-N-N.org. Mm-hmm. Reach out to somebody that's trained, professional, uh, or a good listener. That's funny. There's a theme here. Don't call the police. <laughs> um, and it, it's... Uh, Unfortunate people have come to me and said, my husband beat me up. I called the cops. The cops threatened to arrest me. They said if they took him, I would lose my children. I'd lose my job. 
So there's all sorts of undercurrents of why it's not safe to call. Well, and goes back to really what we're trying to encourage right now is become empowered. Become empowered. Become empowered. That's the best thing that you can do for yourself. Gain that confidence so you can deal with this. Yep. And you can. Yep. Women can be as we can. Yep. So one thing that you can do to empower yourself, you can make sure that you're not on the happy ending websites. Or your business. Your business, yeah. So there's there's a few different websites that tell people that they might find happy endings. So there's Rub Maps. Kristen was having some fun looking <laughs> at Rub Maps last night. Um, n- n- there weren't any there weren't any practitioners in Steamboat currently from Rub Maps, correct? Correct. Correct. There was just Denver. Denver, lots in Denver, probably more than Starbucks. Probably more than Starbucks. <laughs> Um, pleasureseeker.com, rubsociety.com, and then hotfrog.com. So there have been times when therapists who do not offer happy endings get put onto these websites. So, um, from time to time you may, especially if you're noticing that you're getting requests, yeah, then you might want to check and make sure you're not on one of these websites. Check them out. I would say, I mean, yeah. It's interesting what's out there. Yeah. And to know that you're not linked to it. Yep. Yep. For sure. So I wanted to go switch gears a little bit and just talk a little more about our workshop and what we're going to be offering in the workshop. Um, So our workshop is called Empowered Practitioner, a safety workshop for massage therapists. And what we are offering is we're offering some scenarios and role playing exercises. So similar to what we did earlier where we were talking about the scenario of me with the outcall massage and, you know, him helping himself on the table. And so we, we get to actually talk through some real life scenarios and some made up scenarios and see how we would handle those, those different experiences. And I just want to say, I don't think that there's necessarily a right or a wrong. A lot of people have successfully been involved in situations and can teach us. And I think that's, it's really there isn't a right or a wrong way. We're open. Yeah. But I do think that what we'll do is stick to the evidence-based and the research-based techniques of what will work yep. when it is hands-on. We'll also be teaching some self-defense techniques. We will be teaching some communication skills and also just the importance of language. Yeah. Just for a second, there's um, like I messages rather than you messages. And um, to be very clear, there's boundaries or... Even if somebody were to come in to have a massage and there's alcohol in their breath or they're intoxicated, you know, it comes down to a respect. This is a business. Yep. And is, is that something that you want to address? Yep. And I think, I think you bring up a really good point, too. Of It is a business and it is your business. And you can choose to say, I'm not servicing you. Absolutely. At any time. Like, and I know this is off a bit, but as a social worker, if somebody came into the hospital and they were drunk, we wouldn't do social work. Or even if it, they were suicidal, we got to wait until they are under a certain limit and then... And then proceed. Because people make bad judgments. Yep. They're not rational. Yep. We also are going to be doing some intuition building exercises. How to build... Go with your gut. Yeah. What does that look like? I'm kind of excited about that piece of it. Confidence building resources... Yeah, I think we'll talk about how to do it. But also, if this isn't just a one-time thing, we'll give you valuable tools to take with you mm-hmm. so that 
you can continue building on these skills. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a process. It's a process. Yeah. I know like, um, I think I brought you in a couple of times to teach the workshop like annually for a couple years. Was yeah, it at least, at least two I remember. Yeah. And I, and then COVID hit and I downsized my business and so I stopped doing it. But I felt like whenever I had you come in, like I wanted to do it annually because it's just good to have that refresher and to continue to work on those skills. And and when you talk about developing these muscle memory and these skills and it's brand new, if you don't keep up with it, it you tend to forget. Yep. Um, and it, it is good to stay fresh and, yep. and, uh, and to be able to use that voice and to protect that voice because you're not often saying things like, get the fuck away. Yeah. If you need to say that, then it's good yeah. to practice it. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, if we're as massage therapists, we're like nurturing and, and, you know, trying to take care of our clients' needs. So to and say, you do. and we do, but just but to, to have to say, to that switch. and to, and to, yeah, and to be able to say, get the fuck away, get like that, fuck away. Yeah. Like that could be really difficult. Difficult. Yeah. I can tell you, I've done workshops from, for a lot of different people, and the older women have such a tough time saying the F word. Yeah. And at one time, one woman was like, can I just say, please, please? Can I say, can I say, please? (laughs) Like, no, you're not allowed to. That's what works. Yeah. That's what works. Yeah. Yeah. Better than calling for fire. There's a fire in the building, yelling for help. The biggest thing to attract other people is saying, get the fuck away. Because people know something's going on. Yeah. I know what you mean, hopefully. Yeah. Or he'll take notice. Yeah. So statistically speaking, that's the best. That's the number one thing to say. That's the number one thing to say. We also will go over red flags and warning signs Um, and then also offer templates for policies and procedures that you could put on your website that aren't going to trigger Google to think that you are a place that offers happy endings. Yeah. Boy, those algorithms are all over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so to learn more about our workshop, you can go to massagemamaconsulting.com and click on the link titled Empowered Practitioner to learn more about our event that is happening December 8th at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And it's going to be via Zoom and it's going to be an interactive time where we're going to have breakout sessions where you get to really practice some of these skills hands on hands on and um super exciting place where mistakes are going to happen and clarification is going to be heard where it's going to be a lot of fun yeah yeah and really i mean you say mistakes are going to happen but like that's that's the whole point is we get to talk through these scenarios about you know maybe real life scenarios that you've already been through that you don't feel like you handled correctly we get to all learn from each other's mistakes. Absolutely. We get to all discuss, okay, how could that have been handled better? And how we can all do things better. All, how we can all do things better. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And look out for one another. Get more empowered. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super excited about our workshop that's coming up. Yeah, how fun. I would love to see some of you there. I would love for you all to meet Kristen because she is a force. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, 
We wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.